And the Oscar goes to... Welcome to another edition of Nab and Anu at the Movies. I am one of your hosts. My name is Nab. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and what is your name? No, I'm not saying my name. What is your name? <laughs> you don't have to make it sound like it. They already know who we are. I'm just say It's in the title. Well, this is my co-host Anu. <laughs> and we are your podcast hosts for the next... Let's we say don't hour know how long or that's so. Going to be. <laughs> well, all I gotta say is, I honestly didn't think we were gonna record this weekend because I have been sick like a dog for the last couple days, and uh, I'm starting to feel a lot better now. Thank you, Nyquil and Advil Cold and Sinus Plus. But I knew a lot has happened in the last couple of days when it comes to our podcast. Uh, first and foremost. Um, our first episode got taken down by SoundCloud. It was Be- all your fault. Yes, it was all my fault because I uh, uh, unsolicitly, that's even a word. I don't think it is. I, without asking permission, I had put a song in that podcast that was owned by Universal Music. And I was sent an email this week saying that the podcast that we had put out was being removed by SoundCloud. And... Uh, I had to go back and edit it yesterday to not include that song, just so we can keep up with the episodes and make su- make sure that they're they chronologically make sense. So <laughs> that issue has been fixed. Um, what else? Also, another issue that I was dealing with was just you not wanting to do the podcast this yep. weekend. Yeah. Even though I'm the one that's that was sick, you I'm were just, just tired. being lazy. Just tired. <clears throat> But this is episode three, and uh, we have one more episode left after this, and then we take a break for another season. Thank God. And then we come back no, next do year. Do we have to come back with season three? I think people are done with us. <laughs> no, they're not. I don't think there'll be a season three. There will be a season <laughs> no, three. No, I don't think so. Yes, we we do these podcasts in seasons. But what is uh what is new with you? Oh, nothing. I'm just very busy with work and uh, cooking, taking care of you, making you breakfast and avocado toast every morning. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And you're telling me that I'm lazy. (laughs) You should cook for once. It's not you being lazy. It's we have a commitment. We we also failed to we 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 really fail at releasing these on. I also have a commitment to cleaning the house. (laughs) Okay. Um, Need to prioritize things. You know, when we first thought about doing these podcasts, I really wanted to put them out every Saturday. It looks like they mainly come out on Sundays. But the next no, one you that know we what do, we should say what? we should just say the podcast is going to come out every week. Every week, and it can just be a surprise. <laughs> People won't know when it's coming. Okay. That will keep them on their toes. People like to be but, regular. No. People like to be Some regular. Some people like to be surprised. <laughs> Have you not seen the music industry? People just drop albums left, right, and center. That's true, too. But we will be releasing our next episode 
next week. Uh, next week before the Oscars. Yes. Just so you can listen to it and you can hear our reviews of the last Even two movies. Even if it's like a minute before the Oscars, it still qualifies. No, no, we'll definitely do it way before that. So <laughs> I, I don't want, I don't want to. Yeah, no one's gonna. Once the Oscars are done, no one's gonna care. So. Yeah. So which two movies do we have left? So actually, on this episode, we will be talking about the Darkest Hour and Lady Bird, and then after that, next week's episode, we will be talking about uh, your personal favorite, uh, Call Me by Your Name, mm-hmm. and uh, Phantom Thread, which you and I still have to watch. We'll probably end up watching that either on Friday or mm-hmm. even early Saturday, most likely Friday. Uh, we should probably try to watch it before Friday so we can use our Cineplex tickets because we found out on Friday this week that the coupons that we have are only good between Sundays and Thursdays. We also have free tickets somewhere lying around in this house and we seem to just continue to lose them. Yeah, we need to do a better job at keeping our movie gift certificates for situations like these. <coughs> but I do want to give a special shout out to our we new sponsor, sponsor. <laughs> Colorblind Photography has come on. Has come on, really? Yes, joining Adonis CrossFit. Did you even ask him? <laughs> well, he, he'll just appreciate it. <laughs> Go check him out at Colorblind Photography. Is it Colorblind Photography underscore? I at, don't know. On Instagram? Can you look I it up? I don't know. We'll just do it in the end. But yes, shout-outs to our new sponsor, Colorblind Photography, for all What's of your... What's he giving us? Hmm? What's he giving us? Oh, yeah. Underscore. Yes, I was at right. At the end. Uh, I think he's giving us free photos. Wow. The free photo shoot. But let's not waste any time, because I'm actually feeling better for once this weekend, and uh, it sounds like you you have a lot to do. There's nothing patriotic in fighting to the end. Now is the time to negotiate. When will the lesson be learned? You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. I take full responsibility. Really? Really? Yes, sir. It is the reason I sit in this chair. So the first movie we are going to talk about is The Darkest Hour, which Anu and I both watched uh, on Family Day. Um... Starring Gary Oldman, who I knew you were quite surprised. I had no idea it would, that was him. Yeah, as Winston Churchill. I literally thought this was like some old actor that I'd probably seen in some movie and he's just like making his breakthrough. No, I must say the Darkest Hour makeup crew was fantastic at transforming Gary Oldman into oh Winston my Churchill. God. Yeah. And uh, for those that are not familiar with The Darkest Hour, I will provide a brief summary about what this movie is about, according to Wikipedia. A thrilling and inspiring true story begins at the precipice of World, <laughs> a world War II. Precipice. Sorry. I don't think you should be reading Why? off of Wikipedia. Anyways. You should just say it's a story about Winston Churchill during the time of World War II. Hold on. When he I... had to make some very difficult decisions, period. That's literally but what the movie is about. This description actually has way more details. Okay, than that. we'll just read it right. Okay, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read a part of it then. Okay. Um, what part should I read? Okay. <laughs> Uh, within days of becoming Prime Minister of Great Britain, Winston Churchill must face one of his most t- 
turbulent and defining trials, exploring a negotiated peace treaty with Nazi Germany, or standing firm to fight for the ideals, liberty, and freedom of a nation. As the unstoppable Nazi forces roll across Western Europe and the threat of invasion is imminent, and with an unprepared public, a skeptical king and his own party plotting against him, Churchill must withstand his darkest hour, rally a nation, and attempt to change the course of world history. Now, before we begin talking about this movie anew, I gotta say, um, I lately it, it seems like with the emergence of the Crown, which both you and I watch, mm-hmm. that there's been this interest around, um, or, or or this renewed interest around Winston Churchill, around you know figures in that I would say World War Two to like 1960s yeah. time frame, you know, especially when it comes to looking at the royal family uh, at that as- at that point in time as well. Um, but you know, actually, there was I, there was actors that from the Crown that were actually in this movie, which was pretty hilarious as well. <laughs> yeah, but in different roles. But yeah, yeah totally roles. different roles. But why do you think, you know, seventy years or yeah, seventy years removed? Is, is he seventy years removed from World War Two now? Well, no, sometimes I feel like it's still the nineties. Yeah, yeah, um, seventy or, or seventy-five years removed from World War Two. Do we? Are, are, are we are we still amazed by these topics? I just think this is uh, that particular period of time had a lot of significance and in terms of World War Two and uh, you know how many lives were saved. And yeah. it was one of the bigger challenges, right? Dunkirk was a big challenge for the British Empire. And I think it's it's a big enough part of history that I think you've seen that in Dunkirk. Yeah. You've seen this, you've seen pieces of Dunkirk in this movie as well. It's... Which I was going to add, I think that's a great companion piece. And if I could think back to our, the way we've done our podcast, I kind of wish we did Dunkirk and this one together because yeah. of just... I, I feel like they work very well together and, yeah. and you get two different perspectives, especially since in this movie, like you mentioned, they reference Dunkirk quite a bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, <laughs> you even, it's almost, you're seeing two different perspectives. You're seeing Winston Churchill sort of playing in the background, um, regarding, you know, the I don't act- think he was playing the background. No, 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 sort of, sort of, you know, well, not playing. Oh, I mean, in Dunkirk. Yeah. Like he yeah. was, he was, you know, uh, um, you know, he was controlling from the background in regards to the moves that they should be making in Dunkirk. Right. And in Dunkirk, you actually saw what they had to go through. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a really big part of history. And I think uh, being able to replay that and replay those stories, those characters and the decisions that were made and the struggles that were existent at that point in time I think people are interested about it. More and more movies are more focused on the historical aspects these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think even when you look at most of the movies that have been nominated over the last two years, not many of them are based in you know the decade of 2010 to 2020. Most of them are either 2002, 2003, or the yeah. 90s, or the yeah. 70s. I think there's a bit of nostalgia in... Um, in the movies that we're seeing and I think audiences are drawing towards that to say oh yeah that was part of my history Mm -hmm. and that's part of what I know and what I recognize 
of course, there's the futuristic aspect of, you know, there may be some movies that we have absolutely no idea what's to come out, and that definitely has an intrigue to it, but I'm finding that a lot of the movies are playing on nostalgia. Yeah, and, and we live now in this uh, entertainment world that really focuses a lot on history, and we're seeing that being showcased in TV shows, like we mentioned The Crown. Yeah. We're seeing that being showcased now in movies like The Darkest Hour. Uh, people really care about history, and they like to see it depicted. Yeah, yeah, like Mudbound. Mudbound was a great example of that. You know, even if you think of the Best Picture nominees, we were talking about Dunkirk, but, you know, there's there's an, a big interest around historical pieces yeah. and, and being able to depict what had taken place, you know, in, in a certain period of time and, and yeah. just, you know, how that had an effect on things moving forward, Yeah, which I thought the darkest hour did a really great job. Uh, I, I personally really, first and foremost, I like the way the movie was filmed. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know. It, it had this weird, like grainy feel to it. But it was also very, like, from a color palette standpoint, it was very dark. Yeah. Um, like, I, <coughs> I really enjoyed the scenes when they were in the assembly, I guess, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, they were, I, I guess it was their, like, what would you call that? Their version of, the, of like, the House and Commons, yeah. I guess. Yeah, And, you know, being able to see the way British politicians interact with each other, the way they call each other out... Um, you know, the way that people make, make, uh, deputations and just, you know, pretty much have prepared speeches and and they just, you know, speak with so much passion and conviction. I thought it was very well done. I liked how, um, the, the entire movie documented, uh, events that were taking place within a month, pretty much. It was like the month of May, yeah, 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 which I thought was pretty unique. Like, and and they would tell you, you know, how many days had gone by since since something had taken place, or you know what the new date was. And you know, we touched on it earlier, but Gary Oldman, you know, did a fantastic job transforming uh, as Winston Churchill. Um, I feel like I need to watch this movie again just so that I can pick out Gary Oldman's the way he is. Yeah. But even thinking about it, I don't think I would have because he just completely transformed the way he usually acts. Yeah, which which to me, I feel like he's probably a shoe in for best actor. Who won the best actor for Golden Globes? Do you know? Uh he he won. He yeah. won it? Yeah, he won. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Um, I also yeah. was um so going into this movie, I wasn't very um excited about it because one I already kind of knew the history behind it. So, you know, I kind of knew what the story was going to be about. Yeah. So all I was going to really judge this movie on were the actors, the way it was filmed, the score, um, and how well they actually told the story that everybody knew in that theater. Or I would hope everybody knew in that theater. Um, my biggest worry was because it was... You know, it was a British uh, focused movie. Yeah. I was like, I really hope to God I understand every single (laughs) dialogue in here. And it was absolutely clear, but they still were able to maintain um, that the integrity of that accent and the way people were speaking. Totally. But it was so clear. Yeah. And I love that because I was actually able to follow the story. And I'm not a big fan of movies with a lot of politics in it because I just find that it's jargon to me so I just completely lose it and I don't pay attention anymore yeah. but in this movie every single dialogue that took place in the House of Commons 
actually made sense to me. Yeah, and you're you're notorious for watching stuff with subtitles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I have so. to because I need to figure out is that what they said? Well, why why did they say that? So, um, it's also like the new way everyone sort of watches <coughs> TV or even any type of movie these days. Is, you know, especially when on, on like online video that you'll see on Facebook, yeah. a lot of it is subtitled because people aren't watching with the yeah. sound on, but. I notice a lot of people who watch Netflix will leave the subtitles on so that they can capture every single part yeah. of the dialogue. Yeah. And uh, the score in this movie, I don't think there was a moment of silence in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There was something in the background the entire time, which I think really helped the story because it, the story itself is not that... I mean, I don't want to say it's exciting because it was decisions to that were neat that were needed to be made about the war and it was very dialogue heavy yeah it like was the movie was very heavy. dialogue heavy and if you have an appreciation for good i guess screenwriting yeah then i think you would have liked but the this score complimented it did yeah the script like there was that one part um and there were some fantastic scenes where they went overhead to show where That's the war so was taking place yeah. and i remember there was one scene that i liked in particular where it was like a kid looking up yeah while winston churchill was in a plane yeah and and i think the music accompanying that scene was pretty cool but overall i thought it was a pretty great movie better similar to your point better than a, what i, I thought yeah. like sort of going in because when i saw historically for me I don't know like if, when i saw the trailer it, it, it's not if it wasn't for maybe the best picture category i probably wouldn't be scrambling yeah, to exactly. go see it yeah uh, but then again i did hear about the amazing job that gary Oldman did so i was like okay i really want to see at least yeah. how he did like it's not a movie i would watch again yeah i, I probably wouldn't watch again either but you know it did keep my attention and it wasn't that long too no it, it was about two long. hours um and i guess my question to you is do you think gary Oldman will win the best Probably. I, I mean, uh, just comparing to the other actors that have been nominated, I, I think he's got a pretty good shot. I've got a crush on someone else, though, but I'll keep that for anyway. the next podcast. Who do you think, <laughs> uh, in your opinion, though, who played a better Winston Churchill? Uh, Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman, for Hour? sure. Not, not the John one Lithgow? Crown, no. Really? Yeah. I thought John Lithgow's Winston Churchill and the Crown was pretty good, too. <laughs> You know what was weird, though? Comparing the two, I found that Winston Churchill's sense of humor in The Darkest Hour was way better than it was in The Crown. I well, felt like they didn't they didn't really highlight that in The Crown. Well, well there's a lot of... No, they, they, they somewhat did. I remember there was one, one scene in The Crown where he's in the tub. No, I just felt like... Yeah, but not not that. But when, like, when when it comes to him speaking with the king, yeah, um, in the crown, he, he was very much like you know this is kind of what we do, yeah, and this yeah. is like very upfront well, and very the darkest hour. It was the darkest hour is, a little bit. Yeah, he was just like, well, this is kind of who I am. So yeah. just take it or leave no, it. No, I mean, no, no, I definitely know what you like, mean. So I found that to be a bit different. And my preference was of the character that was portrayed in The Darkest Hour. Yeah, yeah. Because, because it, no one really... I didn't know that. I didn't know that people didn't respect him enough. Yeah. Or that they were skeptical of him being the prime minister. Yeah, and that's what's fascinating about Churchill, too, is he literally didn't have the support of his own party. Um, he, you know, it's pretty clear in The Darkest Hour, too, that uh, King George... Uh, was it King George IV? 
there yeah. was. Yeah. Had, didn't want him to be prime minister because yeah. of just his his views. And... Also, King George in Darkest Hour and compared to the Crown look very different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so confused. No, remember? but you know what's funny? I I think King George actually looks more like, like the person in Darkest Darkest Hour, Hour than uh, than the guy um, who. Who played Lane Price in Mad Men? Oh, wow. that, that plays him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot his name now. I saw him once in New York. Walked cool. by him. Cool story, bro. Yeah, I didn't say him though. <laughs> Anyways, but yes, overall, you know, the one thing I will say <coughs> is uh, my recommendation is watch this and watch Dunkirk together. You will get an appreciation of that of that time period, uh, specifically when it comes to World War Two and. You know, you get two different perspectives of what took place at Dunkirk. You know, Dunkirk, the actual movie, you know, directed by Christopher Nolan, shows you the, the actual events taking place on the beach, while The Darkest Hour will show you the, the thought process that Winston Churchill took to, to make, the, make the decisions that he did. So, definitely, I recommend watching those two together in tandem. Anything else on Darkest Hour, or are you good? No, I'm good. All right. Does mom hate me? If you're tired, we can sit down. I'm not tired. You were dragging your feet. You are so infuriated. Please stop yelling. I'm not yelling. Oh, it's perfect. Do you love it? You both have such strong personalities. When is a normal time to have sex? You're having sex? I'm ready. Just wanted it to be special. Why? You're gonna have so much unspecial sex in your life. The next movie that we are going to talk about is Lady, Lady Bird, Bird, starring uh, Sir Shay Ronan. Ronan. <laughs> you did not know how to directed by her. Greta Gerwig, and uh, and and Lady Bird. For those who aren't familiar, is, is about an outspoken teen who must navigate a loving but turbulent relationship with her strong-willed mother over the course of an eventful and poignant senior year of Pointent? high school. And uh, and uh, Saoirse Ronan's mom is played by Laurie Metcalf, who, if you guys have watched Roseanne, was the sister of Roseanne on the show. Uh, she's also a pretty famous Broadway theater actress as oh, well. Oh, really? Um, but, you know, this was uh, this was an interesting movie. It, it, you know, I find that the Oscars, a lot of the times, when it comes to the Best Picture category, they like having that coming-of-age movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it was Juno or whether whether it was something tongue in cheek like a little Miss Sunshine yeah. and showing like the different characters involved. This had a very that. indie feel to it. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the one thing I'll say about this movie, which which is quite interesting, is uh, it also stars uh, Lucas Hedges, who was not only in Manchester by the Sea last year, mm-hmm. but he also plays uh, the son in Three Billboards yep. behind Ebbing, Missouri, uh, for the <coughs> German son. Outside and Ebbing, Missouri. Outside Ebbing, Missouri, yes. Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> and uh, your, your, your new man crush, Timothy oh. Chalamet, oh, is also God. in this movie. Uh, that and, boy. Uh, that boy. Uh, anyways. Um... He's like really young. I know. That's a fine <laughs> boy, but I just can't help it. Every oh. time I look at him, I'm like, ugh. Actually, I did, I, I'm looking at who uh, who did the music. John Bryan did the music, who uh, is a composer that's worked with Kanye West before. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's also did the music for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, I must say, uh, we first saw uh, Cersei... Cersei. Cersei Ronan... <laughs> 
in the movie Brooklyn. Remember that yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah, that was also nominated for Best Picture. I really liked that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. For some reason, so I did not watch the trailer for this movie. Did not read the synopsis. Really, you didn't? I didn't. Oh. And uh, I purely, I just looked at the um, the poster. Yeah. And my first impression of that, okay, it's based in another era. I thought this was going to be based in like the late 1800s. Oh, just based on the poster, the poster with poster. like the, ro- the, the rosary yeah. in the back and all that. So I was just not expecting it to start the way it did. And I was like, okay, never mind. It's based like way early in the 2000s, but uh, definitely not in the 1800s. But yeah. Can you see, do you see what I mean? No, though? I know. I totally, yeah. The poster is like a side profile shot of, uh, of Cersei's, uh, Cersei's, uh, <laughs> face as, as lady bird and and yeah she's obviously a catholic school girl so there's a rosary behind it but no no i totally get what you mean but uh overall i thought this movie was pretty good i must say it was it was interesting in regards to showing the growth that people go through uh, when they are leaving high school going off to university and just some of the conflicts that you have you know, with your parents, especially when it comes to uh, money issues, especially when it comes to them wanting you to stay maybe close to your home for school or, yep. or wanting them to have more control over the actual decisions that you make yep. so that you're able to, you know, stay within reach, per mm-hmm, se. Mm-hmm. And, and you constantly, you know, saw a battle between uh, Lady Bird and her mom, mm-hmm. which I thought, you know, made for some very good screen time. I thought Laurie Metcalf and Saoirse had some really great, uh, chemistry. They did. Um, you know, I thought Laurie Metcalf was as tremendous as the mother in this movie. I'm not she sure was. if she's not if she's nominated for best supporting, but I thought she should have been. Let I'm not sure, but yeah, I was thinking the same thing exactly. Um, this movie was actually very funny. I was laughing out loud at times. Yeah, Maybe, it was funny. Uh, it was because I could see similarities between the relationship between me and my mom <laughs> and during those teenage years when oh she is nominated oh awesome yeah yeah, yeah. she totally deserves it and uh no that was 2017 oh no, never mind yeah, yeah well yeah, 2017 yeah yeah, 90, yeah. yeah yeah um and you know the whole talk about uh how she didn't knock her door she would just like barge in or Every time I'd go up to my mom and say, Mom, I got, you know, an A minus on a test. And my mom would say, well, why don't you get an A plus? <laughs> <laughs> like nothing was ever good enough, right? And so there were so many instances of it in this movie that reminded me of me and my mom, hmm. which is why it made me laugh out loud even more. Yeah, because there's always that acceptance factor yeah. that you deal with, especially at that high school and university age. Um you know, and also you know, for you and I coming from South Asian parents and standards always being unreachable. Oh, yeah. I think it's something that we're just, we just grow up with. But, yeah. you know, for me, it was good to see that, you know, there are situations like this that exist in other cultures, too. And totally. this was a prime example of that. And, you know, I think one thing that I thought was very interesting was just even the whole narrative around the money issues that mm-hmm. Lady Bird's family was dealing with as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a father that lost his job and dealing mm-hmm. with depression and, you know, the fact that she had a brother and, and his brother's girlfriend got kicked out of her <laughs> house and now she lives with them. So that, Don't I mean, give the story away, man. I'm not, I'm not. But overall, <laughs> I, I guess what you could say <laughs> you with this... You like, said bits and pieces of the story. No, but it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those movies, 
it's it's hard to explain, but it, it, you follow someone's journey, but everything around them is also going not wrong, but it's not ideal for where they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. If you get what I'm saying, it's no, like not really. there's other like it's it's almost as if what's the best way to explain it? I don't know. Like I I I found it as you know she obviously didn't want to go stay in school locally, so she wanted to get into school in New York so mm-hmm. that she could leave her family. Mm-hmm. But then there's issues you know amongst her family that are going on that are sort of inter- interfering with that. Yeah. So that's what that's what I thought was pretty creative about the entire story was just her dealing with her family, specifically her mom, but also trying to deal with where she wants to go and also the the adolescent life mm-hmm. of of being a teenager. Yeah. And just the pressures that come with it, whether it be, you know, going to prom or, you know, dating and having sex and mm-hmm. you know, even being accepted and and you know, we saw, we see that with her best friend too, you know, just some of the issues that, you know, they sort of deal with together. So mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought as for a coming of age style of movie, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I like this movie overall. I loved the story. It was one of those movies that I just wanted to come full circle, but somehow it didn't. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the ending. No. I thought the ending was very abrupt. Yeah. And if you see this movie, uh, you know, let us know. Actually, Dinesh, you know, everyone knows Dinesh. Yeah. Uh, he texted me after we watched it. Yeah. And he was like, what'd you think? And I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. And the first thing he writes back is, yeah, but he's like, the ending was too fast. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Like, it just sort of happened. I was, I wanted more. Yeah. It's like, you can't just build up all these characters and just leave me hanging. That's how I felt (laughs) about Moonlight. It's like, what do you mean this is done? It's just starting. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I... I do remember watching Moonlight and feeling the exact same way too, yeah. just because towards the end it just ended and you didn't know really where it was gonna go. Yeah. But you know maybe that's uh, maybe that just you know just me that shows you that life can be unpredictable and yeah you know you just don't know what's gonna happen. It was definitely an original. I don't know if it's based on a book or not, but I don't know. Not like an original actually. story. Um. The acting was great. Sersha did a phenomenal job, especially given that she's Irish and she's playing an American teenager. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Like, In the beginning, because I she could, does have a really thick accent. Yeah, I could hear a bit of her Irish accent in the beginning, but then over the course of the movie, it just kind of faded away. So, and that's not easy to do. So, you know, kudos to her for being able to do that, and I think she totally deserves the nomination for some very, very strong performances in the movie. And uh, from an overall best Oscar, like best movie standpoint, I don't think this is going to win. Um, It's, again, one of those movies where I felt like, okay, we've got nine spots, let's just put one in. (laughs) Um, No, no, no. Do you think that happens because of maybe the quality of the actors involved or the actresses involved in in this case? No, I think it's, it's a combination of everything, right? I don't... Uh, I don't think this movie is nominated for their score, is it? It should be, because John Bryan is like a fantastic music man. Well, it, it wasn't memorable to me. Like, when you compare really? this to Darkest Hour and uh, Call Me By Your Name and other uh, movies, like, the score didn't stand out to me. Nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Actress, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Yeah, so... 
I think so. I think it's a combination of, you know, the various elements that go into making a best movie. Um, I think that really s- speaks to it. So it is original screenplay, which I think it's uh, it's probably like top three yeah. compared to the other categories that's compared to the other movies that are in this category. But um, otherwise, I don't know if it's gonna win many S- awards. So. Uh... Then let, let's talk about Darkest Hour again. Then do you think that's going to win Best Picture? No. Really? Yeah. So you think both of these aren't going to win Best Picture? No. I don't know. I feel like Darkest Hour it feels to me like an Oscar. Not maybe not a Best Picture winner, but I, I I could see why it was a Best Picture. Nominee yeah, for sure. No, I totally because, agree again, with the, the nomination. Oscars love those historical significance yeah, movies, yeah. and it has that vibe to it. No, totally. That Darkest Hour deserved the nomination. I compare. Like you're talking about against Shape of Water and Three Billboards, it's not going to win. Especially when Three Billboards and Shape of Water have had such a great track record across the different awards. Yeah, I'm just trying to see. Like, even, like, Little Miss Sunshine never won Best Picture, mm-hmm. which I, I would say is, like, similar Juno to Lady Bird. It. Did Juno win it? It mm-hmm. did, actually. No, uh, it won for Best Original Screenplay. No, it didn't win Best Picture. No. So again, it it's one of those movies that I feel every single year the Oscars loves to, loves to have that coming of age movie. Yeah. Um, what was it last year? Do you think it was maybe like Moonlight in a way? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Moonlight or even maybe Manchester by the Sea, I yeah. guess. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely go recommend. Like, I definitely recommend you know you guys checking out Lady Bird. Uh, I haven't been disappointed by any of the movies. So yeah, far. me too. There hasn't been one movie that I've seen that I'm just like, why is this nominated? Yeah. Um, even though like last year, I think I may have felt that way once or twice. But this year, I think every single movie that I've watched, I'm like, I've, I've either liked or really liked. Yeah. Like it's, they've all been pretty good, pretty consistent. We do have one more that we're going to watch, Phantom Thread. That's which... the one movie that I have no clue what to expect. Really? Well, I have no clue what to expect. I do... Probably the only, only expectation that I have is Daniel Day-Lewis is probably going to have a really great performance. Yeah. Because he's always been a really great actor, and this is also his final role because he's retiring. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's one of the most hardcore method actors that ever existed. Hmm. Like, we can talk more about that in the next episode. But... This was uh, a shorter edition of Nav and Anu at the movies, mainly because, uh, you know, Anu's too busy for us. <laughs> but are you looking forward to the Oscars next week? Do, I uh, am. Yeah. Please buy me tons of cheese okay. and wine. Anyways. Uh, From Cheese Boutique, please. It always Thanks. has to be wine related. Thanks. But thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Nav and New at the Movies. We are not going to leave you with any songs because uh, we run the <laughs> risk of getting you know kicked off of SoundCloud yet again. But thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We will be back again next week. I'm not going to guarantee Saturday, just like a new mention, because we suck at guarantees. But we will have the episode out, we promise, before the Oscars on Sunday. So you can listen to not only our final you know, reviews of the last two movies, which are going to be Call, Call Me By Your Name, as well as Phantom Thread. But as well as you'll hear our predictions for the top categories uh, of the Oscars as well. And uh, yeah, you know, feel free to let us know some of your predictions and we'll read them out. So thank you so much for tuning in. Anyway, any last words, leave them with, uh, leave them with a final thought. 
Oh, I hate when you put me on the spot. I don't have a thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> I suck at podcasts. <laughs> you no comment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you leave them with the final thought. You're good at it. <laughs> Do it. What's your final thought, Nath? See? See what it means to be put on the spot? <laughs> That's why I put you on the no, spot. No, you can't do that. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, and we will see all of you next week. Bye. Peace.